is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the Palatial Home Studios of Bob's Fox Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana for yet another episode of YWL Online. Totally approved. No, anything can happen Saturday. And it looks like it's starting out that way. <laughs> anything can happen. Joining me in studio, as per the usual, is my brother, my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hi, everybody. I love you all. Waka, 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 waka. The Lord, my earlier one was better. Yes, it was. <laughs> I told you, we can't redo anything. It comes out worse. <laughs> and joining us... You're sounding very loud, Bill. I'm sounding very loud. Okay. Yeah. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. How you doing, Pop? I'm doing well. God's blessing to my fellow Bible Inquisitors. I am doing my part of the broadcast from Poplar Bluff, Missouri, where on Thursday it was 80 degrees. And last night we got our first inch or, snow, inch or so of snow. Wow. So I get to look at a blanket of white outside right now. Wow. And shivering to boot because I didn't set my heater properly last night. <laughs> Oops. So today we're getting into Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians. And oh wait a minute, we have Rudy. We have... Rudy, you left the room again. I you gotta take... do your minute. <laughs> I was taking a walk a walk a walk. <laughs> oh, we have a so minute. I think we got room for time for a Rudy minute. Yep. You got a minute for us? Yes. But just one. Walker, walker, walker with the Lord. I love you all. You know what? Uh, right now, if you look around, there's a lot of people looking at the end times just because uh, there's a guy named Shlomo and there's uh, things are happening in the Euphrates River. And I was just thinking, God, and I think I wonder a lot, but I know this is what's in the Bible. God's the only one that knows when it's going to happen. There's people trying to guess. Tuesday. I wish it would have happened on my birthday, so I would have been like, oh, I'm going to get some cake, having cake. But remember, don't look at the, the time. Look at fixing yourself so when the time comes. So sometimes I go to bed thinking, it might be tonight. It might happen. But remember, just be good. Try to be good. Try to pass the word. And what it is is pass the word because... Look at all those people, and I, I really don't want nobody left behind. I really feel bad for people. I tell people stuff. I tell them uh, everything. There's a lot of people that say they believe in God. I ask them, have you read Revelations? They say no. I say, hey, have you read this? No. Do you read the Bible? No. And people give me that, oh, I read the Bible 20 years ago. And I'm telling them, you know, read the Bible. I, I The only reason I give them the revelations, because right now I feel it's kind of close, so at least they can understand what's going on. And even when I tell them about revelations, I say, don't be scared, because you got to find God. And I tell people, put God in your heart. And so uh, remember, wow, 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 with the Lord, I love you all. Don't get misled. Wash your hands. Wash your face. Wash your feet. I love wash you all. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Rudy. Yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, definitely good advice. Uh, you know, read the Bible because uh, that's how you get to know God, and we need to know God for sure. 
But uh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, don't uh, don't go play a newspaper eschatology. That's where you uh, take a look at the uh, at the news and uh, and decide whether or not uh, today is going to be the day. You know, you should always be ready. And uh, um, you know, for the uh, for the Lord to take us up, because well, that's how we're gonna how we're gonna know how we're gonna be really prepared for it. Is, uh, yep. is but it's not just the Lord taking us up; it is the Lord taking us home. True, this world is not our home. We are just passing through. Yep, and. Only God knows the reason for all that, but he put it into motion. It's his love and his benevolence that we get to be able to do things. It makes it a little difficult down here on some items in our daily walk, but it's heaven that we're looking forward to. <clears throat> Good stuff. Yes, it is. Sorry, I had to laugh. Uh, I, I'm looking at my, I have my uh, noise-canceling headphones on, and uh, I'm looking at the uh, at the audio levels, and I kept seeing this little this little uh, beat that was coming up, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I looked over and realized it was the dog scratching his ear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you all heard a little thump 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 thump, <laughs> not on my end of things. <laughs> all right. So, shall we get busy with Ephesians chapter 6? Yes, let's get busy with Ephesians chapter 6. Which is really a continuation of chapter 5. Right. Uh, Paul is talking about the family setup and relationships. And to the Ephesians, it's a little bit foreign, to say the least. I have one note that says... Uh, Writings of the Greek moral philosophers from Plato to Aristotle to Plutarch and even to Seneca. Uh, these writers had very different views on how the head of a household was to relate to his wife, children, and slaves. All shared the belief that orderly relationships in the household in which each member knew and occupied his or her place was necessary for the well-being of society. Okay, so they had the family relationships, but it is so male-dominated mm -hmm. that Paul in chapter 5 has to literally tell wives to be submissive to husbands, but husbands were to honor their wives, which was totally new concept. Mm -hmm. And not only love their wives, but re be ready to die for them, even as Christ died for the church. And so this is totally wild stuff. That's in chapter five. Mm -hmm. Chapter six is actually starting off uh, continuing that, and it's dealing with children. Right. But with the children in particular, I mean, yes, Paul used... Um, Old Testament about, from Genesis even, uh, that a man shall leave his mother and father and take unto him a wife, and the two shall become one, not a superior point and a lower point, but they become one. Uh, he does that again with the relationship of children. Uh, children, obey your parents and the Lord because this is right. 
uh, and then honor your father and mother. That is directly one of the big 10. And it's the first of the 10 commandments that talks that actually has a positive interrelationship with people. The first four commandments, yes, there's differences with Catholic and Protestant, 10 commandments. I don't want to get into that now. Uh, but it's honor your father and mother is the first one where it's people dealing with people. And um, what is hidden here is the following phrase. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, oh, yeah, if I get to the right verse, it's much easier. The first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land is one of the tragic things from that time period that uh, we can see plainly. Children were considered to be property. Right. And parents could literally take them out and drown them if they wanted to. And there was no repercussions. Uh, gets to me to be pretty much like what's happening today with any abortion for any old reason that people want. It's taking a life that God has granted. And I'm, I'm again that. That's all yep. there is to it. Uh, but the children are told to obey their parents because they could they'll live longer if they do. Yep. And like I said, this is really new concepts for the Greco-Roman world. And so we have it here and you know, it's really something to say that Christians are being trying to set themselves apart. And Paul is really encouraging them to do so. You have anything on these uh, first two verses, Bill? No, actually, uh, even three for that um, matter. Yeah, it is. Uh, um, yeah, just as it was a new thing to uh, um, to not be able to just kill your children if you felt like it when the uh, when the law was handed down uh, to Moses. For the, you could sell them. Yeah, too. you could sell them too. Um, for the uh, for the Hebrews, um, yeah, this was uh, this was really a new uh, a new set of things for uh, uh, for the Greco Romans for the Greeks, yeah. and uh, yeah. And the reason is uh, that it's a fact that it's a Christian philosophy of only one God, right? And that was the part that was so misunderstood. They couldn't have social order following a religious pattern in Greco-Roman time because there were so many different religions that were there. Yeah. And honestly, that continues down through today, in especially in Hindu India, where there are over 300 million, literally uh, 300 million different deities, different gods with little g's that are worshipped by different people in different ways. And that's why I believe, I know that it exists and that slavery still does exist today in India. And uh, there are more slaves in India today than we have ever had in this country. And I'm totally against slavery. Don't get me wrong. It's flat out wrong. 
but we're going to get into it here in two verses, but I don't want to skip verse four in particular. That's because I usually do it with a big smile on my face. So see the smile. <laughs> Fathers do not provoke your children to anger uh, because mothers never get their children angry and never get upset. No, Paul's addressing that main logic of the Ephesians at that time, that it's the dads that do everything. They're responsible for everything. And so it's not really fathers were the only ones who aggravated their children. It was both parents, but it's addressed to the dads. Uh, yep. But bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Again, this is a religious concept that is totally foreign to the Ephesians overall. And here Paul is talking to Christians saying, bring them up in these teachings because it's the right way to go. Right. And having that element in your life is so important. Uh, um, so anything on fathers? Well, uh, the, the Amplified uh, makes a point of be, of expanding this one quite a bit. Um, in, instead of Good. two lines, there's four four lines <laughs> in, in verse right. four. Uh, but uh, do not exasper uh, as far as uh, you know. Do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them. Yep. So. <laughs> and uh, no preference of sons over daughters, no... Uh... No preference of the first born over the seconds. Or fourth. Yeah, thank you. That was yeah. it. Uh, even in Christian countries, this is still not fully looked at, but it's. I think it's improving, but it's hard to say. Uh, in England, I know not 200 years ago, it was your first son inherited the property. The second son went into the military. The third one either went into some sort of education point or into theology. Right. But poor kid, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but went in into, uh, yeah, became people of God, men of God. And, so, and then why, the daughters were basically just given a dowry as they got booted out one door and into the house of another. Yeah. Uh, it should always be fairly, and it should certainly be in in the sight of God, uh, especially since so many your children could be sold off into slavery back then. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we get in verses. What is it? Five through nine, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's that topic that. I wish weren't there, but we have to realize it was, and that was dealing with slavery. Uh, and Paul is talking to the slaves like there's out for them is to be nice. And I know I wrote some notes on it here. Uh, no, 
where did I put it? We can again see Paul's limited focus regarding slavery. He was establishing the Christian church and people's salvation. Uh, salvation for heaven, not the societal conditions of accepting slavery. He was focused on building up the church. He didn't want things to go off of that focus. It's never that he says that he wants people to be slaves, but he does want them, if they're in that situation, they should do the best with it as they can. Um, but then he turns the conversation, and I think it's interesting because it's down in verse 9. Masters, treat your slaves the same way without threatening them because you know that his, both their master and yours is in heaven and there's no favoritism with him. Right. What's interesting to me is we see a level of increase in the church. It's not just reaching uh, the common working class. Here we see that there is a direct address to people who own slaves. In other words, upper society. Right, upper class. Ephesians. Class, thank you. The classes are there and he... Paul knows that they're at least hearing these words and they may indeed be Christians, but they have to have the mentality that changes saying we're all equal and we're all under the same God. Right. And we have to see that still today because other faith groups are still under God, even though they're not seen the real god yeah. yeah there's still our brothers and sisters you know i um a lot of people say not all roads lead to god and i have to disagree with that because everybody's destined to die once and then face judgment so it doesn't matter what road you want you're on it's going to get you to god just uh the yes. road you're on makes it uh you know uh if you're on the right road it makes it a lot better Sure, without a doubt. But again, we can see today still not in our country so much with slavery, but it's like I'm better than those people who come to America and can't speak, speak English. Uh, you know, it's like they're a lower class of people. No, they're not. They're just about 200 years behind us. Yeah because that's what our ancestors did. Yep. Now, a lot of them, of course, came from English-speaking world, but uh, that's, I mean, the uh, immigrations from China and mm -hmm. the immigration, not just the immigrations, sorry, I almost blew that one, but the Hispanic uh, history in the United States, yep. they were here first before, uh, the westerners were, they were and they they did uh influence uh the southwest of the united states quite a bit and we should be sorry quite a bit yeah, very much so yes and it's not that they're inferior people they're not right 
uh, and the Native Americans who were totally abused uh, by the Americans, the non-Native Americans, that is. Um, you know, those things are there, and we should always be trying to do Christian attitudes toward them, toward all people. Mm -hmm. And just because somebody's coming to get a better life in America, hooah, <laughs> good for them. Yeah. The ones who are trying to come in to overthrow this government because of jealousy of other governments, not so much. You know, it's the fact that we should all be loving one another. And if we have that kind of Christian attitude, we're doing well. And here with these verses, it is Paul trying to tell slaves to be good and owners to literally be better because it's God who's going to do the judging. Yeah. Um, but we do see this increase, you know, in the level of, of uh, Christianity is seeping upwards it's uh, seeped upward from the very beginning we see that in what is it chapter 11 of acts when five men are gathered together praying yeah. in antioch and we have someone from herod's family yeah literally uh of the prayers mm -hmm. so we have that higher level of folks but here we're definitely seeing it in ways that are just amazing. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, we son. Can also, uh, we can also see the way it uh, it spread and, and seeped, as you said, um, through, uh, through society uh, by uh, um, uh, graffiti on the walls of Pompeii. Um, you know, of course, Pompeii being famous for having been, uh, uh, being, been swept under uh, uh, the, uh, the explosion of Mount, um, Vesuvius. What? Vesuvius. Vesuvius, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, um, but there's graffiti on the wall talking about uh, talking about Christianity, um, about how uh, people were uh, were taken uh, by it, and uh, uh, you know some of it not particularly flattering, but uh, but uh, nonetheless telling us how it uh, it went from place to place and uh, that uh, uh, that it went uh, from the ground up and uh, um, you know and, uh, and interesting of how uh, how it would have spread uh, through the spread of slavery actually slavery it, it turns out may have been instrumental in uh, at least in part in the spread of Christianity because uh, that was how it got into uh, into people's homes Mm -hmm. in the first place was because uh, slaves did have uh, some free time um, you know and uh, usually in the evenings um, and uh, after the work was done for the day and and they could go to uh, to church services um, unlike uh, unlike now when we go to uh, when we go to church on Sundays it's usually in the morning uh, <laughs> but uh, um, yes yeah um and uh, so once that happened then there was no uh, no stopping it because uh, the children uh, were ra were essentially raised by the slaves and uh, that would uh, influence uh, the parents and the children would grow up knowing about this and yeah mm. yep um 
Sorry, I'm thinking all sorts of little rabbit trails to go off onto, and I really don't want to. No, no, because we're uh, about to hit something but, really important. Yes, we're about to hit chapter seven, which doesn't say chapter seven. It says, finally. In conclusion. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're talking about Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, which is totally different topic than he's been talking about uh and he wants one more in there before he finishes off the letter mm -hmm. and it is one that is so important for us and yet many oftentimes misunderstood uh but we're getting into the main crux of it for sure yep. so i brought myself for us a little aid today uh it's going to be about the armor of God. So I hope you can see that fairly well. Yeah, that's showing up. Uh, so it says in verse 10, finally be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Strength really does belong to God. It doesn't matter how many things we ask of God. We can pray for a hundred things. We can pray for a thousand things. And the strength of God says there's still room for a thousand and one or a million and one. We need to rely on God's strength for everything. Uh, now we get to put on the full armor of God like to remind everyone that when Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians, he was under house arrest, which included being physically chained to a Roman soldier. Mm -hmm. So every day, Paul, whether he wanted to or not, had to watch the whole process while this Roman soldier got dressed with his full armor. And then at night when he took his armor off, and I must say that this morning I was definitely chilled because I didn't get the heater set right. And I was looking at this and say, well, what on earth was he able to do? You know, that Roman soldier had to be getting cold at different times. Mm -hmm. And I have a picture in my study Bible that is too dark to be able to show you on camera. But in essence, I can tell that this picture of a Roman statue, I guess. Uh, he's got long sleeves and long leggings on as well underneath. So it was like, okay, the cold chaplain can see that this Roman soldier did have other things to wear. It wasn't just looking like our little statue because the statue is pointing out the armor that we're about to get into. Okay. The part that is misunderstood is in verse 11. Bill, would you read verse 11, please? Sure thing. Put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Folks, did you hear that? The part that's misunderstood, 
too many Christians think, all right, I can put on the armor of God and I can go out and beat up Satan. That's not what the scriptures tell us here. It is absolutely the fact that we are to stand firm mm -hmm. against the devil. And so as we're going through and looking at all these parts as we're about to, I want to encourage you to remember it's only to put it on so we can stand firm against the devil, against those demons that he sends out regularly in people's lives. It does not give us permission to go chasing after the devil. Right. I also you got would like that, to Rudy? say. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> got the, that, Rudy? Having the armor of God doesn't give us permission to go off chasing after the devil. If you want to see the devil him. defeated in your experience, you put on the whole armor, and I suggest that you add one other phrase that is found in the Bible. And that is, you don't even have to stab at the devil with the two or two sharp edge, double-sided sword, which is our Bible. But the phrase that you need to learn is, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord or in the name of the Lord Jesus the Christ. However far along in your training and, and understanding is, we rebuke Satan by using the name of the Lord. And read through Jude and you'll see how the archangel uh, Michael did it against Satan. And we need to have that kind of stuff also. So, Bill, I'll keep holding on to the statue if you want to read it piece by piece on, on the armor. Okay, sure. I was while you were talking, I was uh I was uh looking for a picture to see if I could find one to use, but I, I'm having trouble finding one to use. <laughs> okay. So let me get back to Ephesians. Okay. <laughs> For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Therefore, put on, okay, verse 13. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger, and having done everything that the crisis demands, to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. Uh, so stand firm and hold your ground. Having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, an upright heart. One at a time. Oh, sorry. Come on I didn't now. see the comma. <laughs> you didn't see that in my voice? Tighten the wide band of truth around your yes. waist. Yes. A it's big a belt. belt. We have belts still today. Yes, we do. Some of us can hold up our britches better than others. I'm thinking about suspenders myself. But for now, it's doing the belt and to put it into a Christian understanding. It's what Paul's doing. And it's important for us to be able to see how in our daily walk, we need to make, help other people understand in today's terms. And fortunately, most people will know about the helmet when we get to it, but we don't wear helmets in everyday uh, to and fro. Mm -hmm. 
when I was a boy, men still wore hats and we don't really do that uh, anymore the way they used to. Uh, we still have ball caps, but for the most part, we don't. But here we have the belt and it represents the whole middle of our being and showing that it's all together. Now you can proceed, Bill. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, then I will. No, no, I got it. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. What is interesting about the breastplate of righteousness and is wrong on my little example is that it goes around the back. That was not apparently the true breastplate of most Roman soldiers. Right. You know why? It only covered the front. Go ahead. Because uh, if you needed protection in the back, it meant you were running away from the enemy. <laughs> yeah, they don't even count the being surrounded by them. Nope. But it was indeed. Uh, and, and rightly so for the Christian it is the stand firm uh, because Satan's going to attack you from the front. We think that perhaps he attacks us any way he can or tries to, but it's the breastplate of righteousness and it's to stand firm for those head-on attacks. Uh, and different Christians handle that differently. One church group built a church in the round, a round church, so that the devil couldn't back them up into any corners in the church. Uh, I like it because of the fact that they're admitting that the devil can get into church. Yeah. I mean, we see it quite often with demons in the synagogues during Jesus' time. So, um, so it's it's valid. But then again, you know, if Satan backs you into a corner, he's the one who's got the problem. He can't get around to sneak around behind you. So I like, you know, it's not a joke. I like pointing it humorously out that any effort to defeat Satan is a good one. And defending against Satan certainly is important for all of us. What's the next one, son? Next one is, oops, hold on. <laughs> you lost your feet. Sorry. No, no, I, I had it. Um, let's see. And having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. I, the shoes here, they are sandals that are on, on a pair of feet. And they left out the legs, which is a little bit strange for me, but <laughs> it's sandals. These were sandals that were literally lead lined on the bottom or iron right. lined on the bottom of these sandals. And that's because throughout history, people have gone to extremes to, to protect themselves, their countries from invading forces. And they would use very sharp sticks that could cut through normal uh, sandals. And so the Romans got around that by literally putting on metal uh, plates on the bottom of their sandals. Yep. 
And that's still uh, the truth with, although it's not all metal, it's definitely hardened uh, footwear for our soldiers because enemies such as the North Vietnamese would use uh, bamboo sticks in the ground to try to hinder. Right. Uh, and they would put poison and other terrible things on those sticks so to try to bring about infections. So anyway, it's very important for having that kind of strong footwear. And Paul, again, is seeing it every day when he's watching them getting dressed and undressed. When you're chained to somebody, it's hard not to. And so we have this preparation for the feet yep. or protection for feet. What's next, Bill? Next, above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Yay, team. Not all shields were metal like we see so often in movies, mm -hmm. uh, although they have gotten to where they're adding wooden shields a lot now, which is better. But in fact, for Romans, covered with a leather hide yep. and that leather hide uh i guess and i do mean i guess because i wasn't there i'm old but i'm not that old okay. they would get it wet before mm -hmm. they would go into battle in case anybody shot a flaming arrow at them it would be easily extinguished yep. and they could continue moving forward uh I don't know, you know, it's whether that shield would then have wood under it or metal under it. But thinking about adding water weight to the weight that's already, pardon me, that's already there. These Roman soldiers had to be strong. Yes. I was, uh, I was just, but I don't that know that every soldier had these. It could be that only the frontline folks would actually have these, uh, this kind of, of shield. But as Christians, we need to have it because everybody's taking pot shots at everybody these days. Yeah. And I don't just mean society with real guns. I'm talking about things that try to hurt us mentally about our relationship with God. Yeah. The world is still against God and Jesus. Yeah. And they'll take those kind of pot shots all the time. Yeah. How can you be a Christian the way you're acting today is one example of a pot shot that people really have to stand firm against. Yes, indeed. But there's the shield. Um, I think everybody had one because of the, uh, uh, most people have seen the turtle um, where the uh, where the people in front would, uh, would crouch down and they would all bunch up and they would assemble their shields into a, uh, into a giant shield to protect the group. And uh, um, and so everybody has a shield. Maybe. Yeah. So well, in Christianity, we but all I'm, ought to have. The I'm shield thinking to be this to is a pretty well-to-do. Pretty sure this is a well-to-do uh, example of a soldier. Probably. Uh, without a doubt. Now, I should remind everyone that while Paul was under house arrest and physically chained to a soldier dressed like this. He also had to pay their daily wages. Yep. So, uh, that, you know, that's just amazing that 
that's the way it was and the way it stayed, that Paul was paying to be kept under house arrest rather than being thrown into a prison. Uh, of course, that was part of what was a requirement because Paul was a Roman citizen and they couldn't just throw him in jail. And there's some examples where they did that and they regretted it greatly in Philippi particularly, <laughs> which is uh, why he was able to write Philippians. And I think it's Acts 16 that tells what happens there. But nonetheless, we have the shield. We have the shield. What's next? Take the helmet of salvation. Now, unlike helmets today, which really sit on top of the head and come down somewhat, but not all the way, this one comes down all the way in the back. And unlike this, which really wasn't supposed to be there, uh, does protect the whole head. And so we do have, you know, those helmets again, but I still believe like those big shields, I don't know that everyone got them automatically. They had to buy their own or they had to earn them. Right. But it is indeed the helmet of salvation. And uh, let's see, yeah. Um... You know, of course, I'm, I always think uh, I always think of us because uh, our first name Wilhelm is uh, is all about the helmet, and uh, um, you know, and uh, so uh, so yeah, so so yeah, so that's what William means. <laughs> and lo and behold, our last name is Hatch, which may very well relate to. Being chicken farmers, who knows? Uh, actually, I found out it has to do with a uh, water gate, a gate in a, a gate open, in a and a dam. Uh, specifically, is where the uh, the old huh. English comes from. And uh, so, uh, so yeah, so we're part of a dam. <laughs> the hatch on the hatch on a ship is the opening between decks. Right. Okay. We don't need to no. do that because this isn't about us. Nope, nope. But the helmet is vital to protect the head because if you get knocked in the head, you're going down. Yep. Without the helmet, you're dead already, knocked out at the very least, which means it's real easy for an enemy soldier to walk by while you're down and finish you off. Yep. So the helmet was a, uh, a needed point and... Like I said, in the military today, it still is. Yep. It is to try to do its best to protect. Did uh, you right. know? Did you know that after in World War One, after the uh, um, after the implementation of rules about uh, wearing uh, the helmets, did you know that uh, uh, head wounds went up? So helmets cause head wounds. No, I did not know. Yes, because people started surviving head wounds. Uh -huh. Aha! <laughs> because before they had helmets, head wound led to death, and uh, so uh, so they weren't counted as head injuries. Really intriguing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, uh, but of course, uh, some people, you know, it's uh, it, it, I can joke and say that uh, that helmets lead to head injuries. <laughs> survival with survival head injuries, yes. of head injuries. <laughs> okay 
So, so yeah, so uh, got to have that salvation to uh, to protect your head. And then yes. finally, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's right. It's a sword there, but it references in understanding this book right, right here. Yep. I admit this one's hard to read, but it's the Holy Bible. Yep. All right. Not the Holy Bible. That is our sword. In chaplaincy in the military, even though the Geneva Convention says chaplains should have a sidearm weapon for self-defense, the U.S. military. Right. And so we went into combat with our Bibles, our two-edged sword. And I was quite pleased to have it that way. And personally, uh, although I had been uh, qualified distinguished expert with the Junior National Rifles Association <laughs> as a teenager, once I became a chaplain, I think the world was a safer place that I did not have a weapon. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. That's just the way of it. Right. But that two-edged sword um, was indeed a very mighty weapon mm -hmm. to have back then. And he, re Paul related it to scripture, the word of God. And remember, the Bible wasn't out yet. Right. So he was literally talking about carrying the word of God in our hearts. And that's why we should read and do our best to, yes, memorize. But I at least want to say learn yeah. Bible <laughs> stories so that we have the examples mm -hmm. in our daily walk. Because we don't always get to walk around with the Bible. I like uh, I like uh, learn much better than memorize because I have a hard time memorizing. And but uh, however, when I need a particular verse uh, or, or passage, um, it usually comes to mind. Thanks to uh, thanks of course to the Lord preparing me for what uh, for what I need to say. Yep. It's the word of God that we need in our hearts. Yes. And it doesn't matter if we can't remember the exact address. It does help if we can remember which book we're, we're talking about. Because sometimes we can see things and misunderstand them. Uh, or as I do, make fun little quippy questions out of different scriptures of the Bible. Uh, yeah. We have to be able to say... You know what? It is God's word to us, yeah. and it's strong and important for the world. And that's what we really have to fend off Satan, is the word of God. It's what Jesus did when he was tempted in the wilderness. Yeah. He didn't get into theological discussions with Satan. He just used the word of God mm -hmm. to state his point, and Satan lost. Okay. You have any more on the armor of God, Bill? Nope, that's uh, that's what I got. That's what I have too. But we're not done with Ephesians chapter six by any means. Nope, nope. How are we doing on time? We've, let's see here. Um, where is it? Uh, we've got about uh, six minutes. Seven minutes. Sorry, seven. Okay. About seven minutes. Well, let's see. We are looking at verse. 18. Yes. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert. 
with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Prayer is our strongest defense. Keeping God fresh in our minds because God's always there. It helps us keep afresh that God's always there. And we should be praying at all times for things, good and bad, needed help and thanksgiving. You know, it's we pray to the Lord to communicate with him. Keep that communication line open. Again, for military terms, uh, you know, it was quite difficult for a commander to get word out to his troops unless they were right there with him. Uh, and that's a whole topic that we don't have to worry about. But it's praying directly to God. And I believe fully that we as the Protestant side of the house, you know, says we pray to in Jesus' name. We do not pray to Mother Mary. We do not pray to other saints who have died already. That's like adding middlemen to go between us and Jesus. And I'm not for it. But it's pray all the time. And he says, pray for the saints. And then we get into the next verse. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Paul, who we see as being bold throughout these, throughout the books of the Bible in the New Testament, from Acts on forward, Paul's bold and he's asking them to pray for him so that he will remain bold. Perhaps he's going through a little bit of depression at this point, being under house arrest and chained to a Roman soldier. Uh, and so he's like, well, I got to talk here with this guy, and I don't know. Uh-uh. We're told elsewhere in Scripture that Paul's message was known throughout the Praetorian Guard, which is the guards in Rome, mm -hmm. because of this boldness. But he's asking for that boldness we should also be able to ask friends to pray for us in matters that are not trivial, but in fact, everything for God is boldly going forward. Right. Got anything on that one that you'd like to add, Bill? Um, no, not on that one. Okay. I'll just say that the mystery of the gospel is, is that why God loves us enough to do all this for us is the mystery you know it's certainly nothing we deserve it's only by god's grace okay then he goes on to say for this i am an ambassador in chains and that's where we get the point of paul is physically chained to a roman soldier at this point pray that i might be did i say bold twice yeah that i might be bold enough to speak about it as i should I don't know about you, but I go cautiously when I'm in a new group of people that I'm not aware of. I can still be cautious while I'm trying to be bold for Jesus. I never try to deny. In fact, I don't think I ever have denied that Jesus is my Savior and Lord. I would absolutely have to repent and ask God's forgiveness if I have. 
but it is sometimes more difficult than others. And you know when the most difficult is, is when I'm in a group of other pastors in meetings and it's like, well, these people are men of God and I should be quiet and let them speak and hold my tongue. Uh, that has definitely happened. And then when I feel that there's something they have not seen or noticed, I get up my boldness or my courage and I bring it up to them. Sometimes that has been, oh, well, maybe so. But and other times it's been, we didn't think of that. And we do need to have that kind of attitude. We bring a Christian perspective to every conversation. And there are times when we need to absolutely be bold and bring it forward. Got anything on that one, Bill? Well, just that, uh, uh, of course, the, uh, the neat little bit of trivia that the reason why the word ambassador is used here instead of messenger is, uh, is because of the popularity of the word ambassador that was created by William Shakespeare. Um, because he used, it in, uh, he used it in one of his plays, and it, uh, it entered common parlance. Um, the oldest, uh, the oldest versions of the English Bible, like uh, um, like the Geneva, uh, would have used the uh, mm -hmm. would have used uh, the word messenger. Hmm. Yeah, and that's probably what it is here from Paul, because Paul's many years before Shakespeare. Yep. Uh, so it well, could very well be the messenger. Greek, uh, now. The Greek, uh, the Greek would have meant what we say as ambassador now. Um, usually, uh, usually directed toward a uh, um, an older gentleman who uh, was representing the king or monarch of uh, of the place. Of okay. The, of, the, of the nation. Fun. But they just didn't use the That's word ambassador. All. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We finish off chapter six, and we finish off Ephesians with final greetings it's almost identical to the uh, conclusion in colossians chapter 4 7 and 8 uh Tychius is the person who carried the written scroll uh with him to ephesus and therefore he wanted him treated properly uh because he was a faithful servant but it's his final greetings and he's just concluding all of what he wanted to say to them but don't forget grace be with you all okay yep. Paul wants grace of God on the Ephesian people and he wants them to accept that grace and to move forward with these instructions he does it all in the Lord Jesus Christ's name yeah, with undying and incorruptible love. I like that. Yep, that which set Christianity apart and still does, still does. is the love that is supposed to be shining through. Summation. Yes, indeed. Summation, one of the greatest chapters. Absolutely. Absolutely, one of the greatest chapters. Okay.
I uh, I think we are in concurrence. <laughs> I thought you were in Santa Ana and I was in Poplar Bluff. Yep, we're there too. <laughs> we're on the internet. But, uh... <laughs> well, gentle inquisitors, it looks like we've come to the end of another uh, of another bit of program. And uh, if you've come this far with us, perhaps you will come a little bit further and join us in this family of Christianity. We do this not with sacrifice because that's already been taken care of by Jesus once and for all. We don't use magical spells or mystical ceremonies, although uh, some people uh, confuse the sinner's prayer with a magical spell. It is not a few words you say to get into heaven. It's a few words you get you say to align your hearts with that of the Lord. And uh, um, and so uh, so we invite you to uh, to say with us the sinner's prayer and join us in this family of God. Um, and that's true of that's true whether you've been a believer for a second or a century, because the Bible tells us that all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God. And because we do that, we need to realign our hearts uh, with God on a regular basis. Um, sometimes uh, that means daily, sometimes even more often than that. And so, uh, so whether you've, uh, so however long you've been a believer, I invite you now to say the sinner's prayer with us. So uh, here we go. Dear Lord, Dear Lord, Lord, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Teach me to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Teach me to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And show me how to love my neighbor as myself. And show me how to love my neighbor as myself. Guide my steps along the path you would have me take. Continue guiding my path, steps on the path I should take. And help me to do the work you would have me do for the building of your kingdom. And help me do the work you have for me to build your kingdom here on Come earth. into my, yes, here on earth. Come into my heart and be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Remain in my heart and be my Lord and Savior. All these things we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. All these things we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. And with that, we truly come to the end of another episode. Uh, remember, we have other shows for you. This coming Tuesday will be YWL Online's Totally Approachable Bible Study for All, in which we will continue our journey through the Psalms. And uh, we will be starting with Psalm 78. Very good. 78? Yes, indeed. Yes. Yay, 78. <laughs> And uh, so uh, go ahead and read 78 through 82. That'll get you five, which is about where we've been uh, targeting um, as far as uh, how many to get through each, uh, each week. And uh, um, so that you can join in the conversation, because we'd certainly love to hear from you. You can uh, um, comment on most uh, platforms. Um, I still haven't figured out all the ins and outs of the uh, various uh, podcasting platforms uh, that we have, although uh, I certainly hope that uh, we would uh, we would get a notification if somebody uh, commented there. Um, you can also direct message us through uh, through Facebook, 
and uh, um, we'd be happy to pray with you and uh, and respond to uh, your questions and comments, as long as they're not trolling comments. Uh, we don't feed the trolls around here. Uh, Amen. <laughs> so, uh, um, but, uh, and then on Thursday, we'll be uh, not quite after midnight. Um, let's see this. Oops, wrong page. This week. Uh, we have on the show Corey Nathan um, and uh, and an as yet unnamed guest because of some uh, some timing conflicts. Um, Corey Nathan is a uh, is another podcaster. He does uh, um, he does a podcast about politics in which he uh, tries very hard to uh, not have arguments but discussions. Uh. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, what's the name of his podcast again? Um, Talking politics and religion without killing each other. <laughs> okay. So uh, should be an interesting conversation. I'm trying to line up a uh, another uh, political commentator. Um, so uh, or not so commentator. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so we can have a, a really strong and interesting conversation about what's going on in this country of ours. But uh, okay. um, then on Saturday will be another episode of YWL Online's Anything Can Happen Saturday, where we will be continuing our journey through the uh, through the Bible as we look at uh, Dr. John Barnett's uh, 52 Greatest Chapters of the Bible. And uh, uh, we'll be looking at Titus Chapter 2. Curriculum for every man, woman, child in church. So uh, it's going to be okay. studying about studying. All right. So uh, uh, so be sure to read Titus 2 so you can join in that conversation. Yes, I know. There's a lot of homework for this show. Uh, <laughs> for, uh, for, the, for our podcast. But, uh, uh, but you can do it. I have faith in you. So uh, with that... Um, we, uh, we say farewell. Uh, do you find gentlemen have anything else to say to the nice people? I love you all. Remember, just be safe and wash your hands, wash your face, wash your feet. You know what? Take a shower. I love you all. Walk, walk with the Lord. <laughs> all right. And God's blessing from snowy Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And God's blessings and good night from Santa, sunny Santa Ana, California, <laughs> where it doesn't snow, but uh, at least uh, at least not very frequently. Uh, <laughs> and right. since Rudy already said to wash your hands, I'll just say remember to watch the end uh, the end credits. God bless. God bless you too. Thank you again for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I'd like to thank, oh, I am the humble host. I'd like to thank my father, the co, my beloved father, my co-host, uh, Chaplain Bill Hatch. I'd like to thank my beloved Ed McMahon, yes. Rudy Corlew. Yes. If you feel so led, support the show. Yes. Over on Patreon, you can find us as Bald Spots Pro. Don't you dare miss Not Quite After Midnight on Thursday. You can uh, find it on Facebook, on YouTube, and wherever fine podcasts are proffered. 
please like, comment, share, uh, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do to kick that algorithm into gear so we can reach more people. And uh, um, you can find us as YWL Online on Facebook and uh, contact us there. Uh, thank you once again. And uh, have yourselves a wonderful whatever. Bye.